he's right here, so. Oh, he topped Whoa. it. He cold topped it. Okay. Go. Yeah. Oh, he shanked it. Oh, look at that line, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, boy, is he on the sink. Welcome back to the Bogey Boys podcast. Like to see you drop the number there. Like I've been listening to a few podcasts and they do like a little, um, like this is the Bogey Boys podcast where we discuss hot topics of the week. We also have an order of meta each week, like tune in or hit like and subscribe. Like if you like us, do you know what I mean? Like a little. No, so you've got yourself a little job for this week then there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did. I did promise it for this week, didn't I? That's all right. But honestly, I've been in the house like so busy. Yeah. <laughs> Staying at all four walls. Honestly, man. Well, don't get us started on the restrictions, though. What's just happened in Liverpool today? I know. Joking. I don't want to get too political. It's a golf podcast at the end of the day. I, mean, I didn't play no golf. You obviously never played no golf. The winter's here. No. I did <laughs> order some. I'm going to order some new grips, though, for the first time ever. Getting my clubs regripped. What are you going for? The big Bryson fellas? I was thinking about not the big ones, but I'm going to go for the... Uh, I've got a mid-size on my, um, on my driver that came, and I like it. Yeah. Well, remember, because it stops you flipping your hands over. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's science that you come with that week. Yeah, I actually think that's true. You know, we fact-checked that, didn't we? No. Well, we should have. There's too many fact-checks. I know, but you know what? There's a fucking seriously growing trend where they're always right. Yeah, the one that you done last week, the Vegas one, was unbelievable. Sick that, isn't it? Yeah, like, such a good story, that. Put a pure bevy on it by saying he was running down the street with a top off, like. But... <laughs> <laughs> what a, what a week of golf again! Oh, I didn't miss a shot. The BMW PJ Championship. I've come a long way since the uh, first podcast when I didn't actually watch one bit of golf. Now you, now you haven't missed one bit. No, I didn't miss a thing. No, it was unbelievable, wasn't it? Unreal. That's so good, like because I've. We used to work on the course all the time as well, seeing all the holes again, and like it's just it was just a good tournament to watch, wasn't it? Yeah, it was unbelievable. Even from right from the Thursday to the to the Sunday, it just didn't stop. It was definitely a game of two halves, though, wasn't it? That front nine compared to the back. Oh, mate, I, I know. I got some statistics up there. The front nine played more than two hundred over par across the four days, and the back nine played more than two hundred under par. Is so it? it's definitely a game of two halves, yeah. Literally, though, completely two different halves. Do you know what I mean? Well, those three par fives in the back, man, the back man, the, the gettable, aren't they? You know, the, yeah, the they last just, two. They were feeding up like Patrick Reed finished the Eagle Eagle the last two days on 18. So, Tittle Hatton was what if it was four. a bit closer, they could they that's designed with the it's going to be game change, nothing's over till it's over till like, it's over. Yeah, but you, can fin- you can finish Eagle Eagle. It was over, wasn't it? Really, yeah, it was, it was over. Yeah, who was definitely. it? Perez put it in the trees, didn't he? On it on a uh, 17. 17, yeah. Original and that, like, just after that, he was just... I think that was the game-set match, wasn't it? It was, quite, it was a little bit... Un- compared to how good it was for the whole four days, the last three or four holes were a bit underwhelming, weren't they? Anticlimatical. There you go. The word I'm using. Anticlimatical. I don't even know yeah. that's a word, to be honest. I was going to say, I've never heard that before, but we'll go with it. <laughs> I think I know what you mean. I'd have to start fact-checking words. Then again, <laughs> so before we move on to the two big topics of the week, which is Tyrrell's hoodie and the Fitzy Bryson comments, we'll review the golf because there's plenty to talk about when it comes to that. Yeah. Do you know what, as well? It's because I was just sitting here all day, like it was on from half eight in the morning or whatever, well, the coverage didn't start till half ten. And then I was sitting here all day watching it. 
chill out for a bit and then half ten at the night the, the American golf would come on and I'd be watching that then I'd wake up watch it and then I'd come like Saturday we go going is this still going and is he still wearing that hoodie <laughs> <laughs> she even clocked it that he was um, that the hoodie that hoodie didn't look right yeah every day well, does like, does it she's like it doesn't even fit him I know trying <laughs> to go with slim fit hoodies like what's he doing yeah like you say the the, the course it was a, it was a game of two halves wasn't it when when you think of the front nine scoring compared to the back nine well, that's, scoring, that's four hundred shots difference in total. Yeah, it's a bit much, isn't it? Yeah, I know. But it just shows you the difficulty of the front nine compared to the back. Tommy's a prime example. After the after the front nine on Thursday, he failed to make a single birdie, and he made the turn a four over par. And you just think Thursday he's four over through nine. He hasn't made a birdie. As yeah, he's, he's, a he's a goner, you think? But obviously, Tommy. Came back scoring well, didn't he? And then obviously yeah. comes come Sunday morning, he's only four back off the lead and he's got a chance of winning. But again, it was just put on that let him down. Honestly, we said it last week. If it if it's not broke, don't fix it. If it is broke, you need to look at fixing it. You do, you do. He's been with his putting coach for a long time now, hasn't he? Do you know what I mean? You don't you don't stay in a relationship just because it's been going a long time. Well, look at look at his look at his, his statistics when did over. I, the... When did I just become a marriage counselor there? <laughs> And when did I become Tommy Fleetwood's manager? You need to get rid of him and <laughs> sort this out, I know. Well, yeah, the statistics. So he was fourth in driving statistics over the week. He was seventh with greens in regulation. He had 72.23% of greens all week. But he was unreal. This is it. He just doesn't miss shots. And if he does, he's, he tends to be quite clever about getting it back in play. And he doesn't make he doesn't make big scores, does he? You never no, see him make he big said, scores. He even said himself, he was like, uh, yeah, well, I put it in um, within birdie range for myself, you know, uh, like three foot. Knowing <laughs> that he doesn't hold them, do you know what I mean? He knows, he knows. And it's obviously he's he's obviously doing something about it. He's practicing, but when it comes down to it, again, we go back to what we spoke about it last week. It's gotta be the grip, hasn't it? You've got to change that grip. It's not working under pressure. No. Is like he some of the whole some of the ones though he's like it's not even like is a few things wrong he's not getting it to the hole then he's hitting it like he's lifting leaving it high. There's no feel there, is there? No it feel, it seems yeah. it seems very technical. He just gets back to basics and just you know what I mean? Like look at Garcia closing his eyes. He he, had, he changed it because he wasn't putting well. Sergio Garcia is known. He didn't win his major till what late on, but he was a golf prodigy. 2017 Masters, yeah. He was no, and he came on the scene what when he was 17, 18, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Storm, come storming on, yeah. For not being a good putter. Yeah, couldn't hold his putts when and it mattered. Said, and he even said in his interview, "I've been doing this technique on and off for a few years now." So he, he he went the long putter. He went with the short putter. He went with a mallet. He went, he, he's changed, chopped and changed. Yeah. Until he finds something that works, and that's just Tommy's going to be going to have to be another one of them, isn't he? Well, this is it because Tommy's capable with those statistics. T to green, he, he he's in a chance for winning. And you look every time he plays in well the majority of tournaments, especially on the European tour. What he played in Portugal didn't really look to to shoot its lights out and end up finishing third there. He's played this week. All right, he's finished. It tied 13th in the end, but that was because he had a one over poor Sunday. But his, his green, his strokes gained in putting for the week, he was 38th. And when it comes to putts per round, he was 77th in the field. His average was 29.25 putts per round. So if you think that he's hitting... What's he's, the, do you know what the first was? Like whoever got strokes gained first after putting? Um, I don't know who got first. Tyrrell Hatton was around 26 um and he was six shots a day, don't it? 
he was sixth in the puts in the puts per day. So I think about 24, 25 was probably the average. I know for the strokes gains, putting um, GMAC was the first. And again, he oh, was... The, uh, the former world number one in 2011, Graham. Yeah. Was that? <laughs> <laughs> I was actually thinking, how am I going to get this in that Locker was done this on the weekend, on the, 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 the quiz? I know. It's just mm-hmm. open the door. For anyone that's uh, listening and doesn't know what we're talking about, we've done a little Zoom quiz because I'm quarantined. There was a question and it was, who were the three British world number one golfers between 2011 and 2012? And Mark said, Graham McDowell was one of them because he won a major and he done well in the Ryder Cup, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> but my, the thought... Oh my God. You don't get. I know you don't get world ranking points for the Ryder Cup, but my thought process was in the right place. I was thinking he's playing well enough to be a world number one golfer because he had that. He had that form in the Ryder Cup. He just won his U.S. Open major. You know, you think that I couldn't think of who they were. Yeah, do you want a shovel for that hole you're trying to dig yourself out of there? <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Oh, mate, it was fucking brilliant to be honest. It made my evening there. I'm glad I mentioned it now. <laughs> no, I was thinking, as soon as he went, I was like, door's open, the bank is open. <laughs> Goes back to Tommy again. He's obviously, he's, he's competing. He's four back going into going into the final day and with with putting statistics. He's missed, what, 28% of greens and he's taken 30 puts around. So the, those 30% of greens he's missing, if he's getting up and down to save pars, then that's not making very many birdies, not very many one puts. His yeah. one puts are coming from his saves. So it's you're relying on him hitting par fives and two, which he does a lot of, and then two putting for your birdie and making a lot of birdies that way. Or stiffening. Oh, yeah, stiffen his irons. Yeah, stiffen the irons close. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't say it was a disappointing week for Tommy. It's just, he's obviously, it's, it's another just outside the top it's 10. It's just another, like, like um, I think McGinley said in one of the um, interviews before the round, he was like, look, the, the solid of an iron player that he is, he's going to have more chances. So it's going to feel like he's missing more. So you need to be doubly as patient. Yeah, definitely. Because he starts getting frustrated then and then blaming the like, You've got some other golfers where they're not hitting that many greens. They're getting up and down. The, the, the short puts are going well and they're taking the chances. So they're yeah. putting the 66s and all that, and but not actually playing that well. Whereas yeah. he's hitting 15, 16 greens and shooting 73. And it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Something, something's got to give, yeah. And then sometimes it does click and he shoots his lights out. He shoots a 64, 65, but the consistency is not there. He even no. mentions it himself when the putter's hot, it's hot. And yeah, that's fine. But you need to find that consistency where your putter's hot at least three of the four days for yourself to win it, not one of the four or two of the four. It needs to that's be at least it. three. But like, because he's so good at ball striking and he hits it so well, he's still hovering around the world top, what is he, top 15? Top 15, yeah. Top so, 15 in the world. He's doing something right. Well, he's a, he's a, he's a, yeah, he's a world-class player, but... His aim has surely got to be break the world top 10, break the world top five, try and get to world number one. That's win a major, that's got to be it. And with that sort of putting, like, there's too many guys out there who hit it good and who put well as well. Well, the only way he's going to get into the in into those places you've just mentioned there is if he wins tournaments. Because exactly. the, the guys are first, second, third and fourth are winning three or four times a year on tour, big tournaments. Exactly. They're competing yeah. in majors, so... Tommy's got the game to do that. He's an unbelievable golfer. He's just fallen short because he's taken too many putts. Yeah. So once he sorts rise that out... For, rise for show, putts for dough. That's it, yeah. 
They must they be skinned. They must be oh, skinned. That, that was going to be the... Um... Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, they had to do that one twice there, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> I, I was thinking, I was expecting you to say that, that was going to be the name of this podcast, wasn't it, remember? When it first came to light. Yeah, Drive the Show, Puff for Dough podcast. Left that idea in the day, didn't we? <laughs> I'm glad, glad that got bins. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the, the American, the race to the by leader, Patrick Reed, come over for a little four days, didn't he? He actually yeah. said at the beginning that he's an ambassador now for the European Tour, isn't he? So he come over because this is the this is the standout tournament for the European Tour. And why wouldn't you when, when the money that's at stake to win this tournament? But he did say it's good prep for the Masters because conditions in November at Augusta are going to be similar to the conditions they're going to play in. Oh, yeah. yeah, the way the seasons work in, in Georgia, Patrick Reed's saying, is that you get those cold, damp conditions. So it's well, going to be a comp- it's still winter, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, you're going to get yeah. those. You're going to get those conditions. So a really good tournament for him. Finished third alongside Andy Sullivan. He had a final round 68 um, and closed the tournament on 14 under par. He still remains One first in the race well. to Dubai. Yeah, one of your picks, yeah. Mr. I was thinking there, why doesn't like obviously Rose done went and had to quarantine, didn't he? When he come back from from wherever, yeah. Why why don't these? I think it's just the restrictions that are put on by the country. So when you enter the UK, you've got to quarantine for fourteen days. But when you go to a different country from the UK, it depends what their restrictions are. So when you enter Spain, you didn't have to quarantine when you got there. You just have to uh, quarantine yeah. when you come home. So I think it's the same. The different states in America have got different rules and different laws because it's so big and they've got nice, different yeah. it's governed differently. So um I don't know whether that is true. Could be a fact check, but fact I would check. <laughs> I, would I, think, I, think that's, I think that's about right, you know what it is. I just yeah. confused, I, mean, I was thinking is Reek because Tommy's going over as well, isn't he? Tom yeah the Tommy's yeah. there. Yeah. Tiddleton's gone over. They're all they're all playing in the CJ Cup this week. Yeah. Matthew Fitzpatrick, the man who we'll come on to next. Oh yeah. Yeah. Bryson there. No, Bryson's not playing. No, no, no. In case Big Fitzy comes and has a word with him on the I day. think that's. I think that's <laughs> it. Yeah, I think Fitzy's obviously put the put put the shits up, hasn't he? Yeah, I can't hit as far as you, Bryson. Where? I know. Well, look, that's the biggest disappointment for me this week. It's Fitzy. Do you know what I mean? Because he's a quality golfer. You're leading the tournament after two rounds. Why are you getting yourself involved in this type the of slanger match? Of course, debates that have got nothing to do with your life. And you're leading the tournament going in. Like, why didn't you just deal with it after the tournament? Yeah, he's, he's don't even mention it. He shot seven under on that second day on the Friday. What is he five under? Wasn't he for the first round in all white? Can't believe he yeah. was wearing all white. I know. How did you get away with that? I was probably more disappointed than anything else for the week. That a soggy, a soggy, a soggy wet Wentworth, and he's all in white. <laughs> What's he up to with that? Anything in particular, like, or just being a when he was on the eighth hole or the sixth hole, where is it Foxy does the interviewing on course for the for, for Sky Sports? He came over to me and he said, We need to speak to you about the entire event. I oh, don't ask. I hit one ball in the range and all the mud splashed up. And I was like, What am I playing at? So fair play. Oh, yeah. He knew. So at but least he knows. At least he knows. But it just went, it, you'd think it was getting better for him, but it went bad from worse to there. He's shot five under. He's nine under for the second round, uh, 14 under par for the tournament, going into his last hole, knocks it in the drink, makes a double bogey and then comes off and starts slagging Bryson off. So I know, like I just I just don't understand it. Just stay in your lane. Forget about what's going on in a different tournament, a different tour, 
a different, not anything to do with you. Focus well, this is the story. point. This is that, that point well, that you just... And then, then start talking. This is the point that you just made there. It's perfect. If Bryson was 12 under par, 11 under par and playing in the same tournament and they were maybe paired together the next day, then yeah, give him a bit of shit, get in his heads, that's fine. But when you're not even in the same tournament and you're getting involved midway through a tournament that you're leading, no wonder he blew up on the Saturday. I know, and he must have got in Bryson's head as well, although he was saying he appreciates all the comments and that, he fucking blew up as well, didn't he? Yeah, but it, even even when you look at the debate between what he's saying, so if you get, I'll just get up now what he said exactly. He says hit something like hitting the ball far isn't a skill or something. I can I can go use biometrics. I can get a trainer. This is it. So in my opinion, it's not a skill to hit a ball a long way. I could put on forty pounds. I could go and see a biomechanist. I could gain forty yards. That's actually a fact. I could put another two inches on my driver, but the skill is to hit the ball straight. That's the skill. He's just taking the skill out of it. In my opinion, I'm sure lots will disagree, but it's just daft. Now, I'm going to be one of the ones who disagree first, and I'm going to tell you why. I've got some statistics up from last season. Fitzy's driving distance last season was 294.7, and Bryson's was 322.1. So Bryson's already got nearly 30 yards on your Fitzy. So now that he's knocking it 40 yards further, he's now got 70 yards on you. And I think that that's the reason he's so frustrated. He's struggling still to get it over 300 on the average, and Bryson's up to 360. So he could obviously go to the gym and, and try it, but he's not, he just he hasn't going to be able to get generate the speed, is he? If all it takes is putting two inches on your driver and go in the gym to get 30 yards, then I suggest Fitzy does that because at the moment he's at 300. So even getting it's yourself. It's not even up... just that, though, is it? Because he's using uh, like a four and a half degree driver as well, isn't he? So he's changing and he's obviously looked into it and he's changed a lot of things. It's not just. A simple case of putting the weight on, he's changing the actual club as well. He's and it's 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 the it's the constant test and the constant different shafts, the repetition of the balls that he's hitting. Yeah. All this all this while his muscles are probably going to be tired anyway because he's smashing the gym. Sorry, and also as well, the length of the the, the longer the head, the longer the club shaft, sorry, the harder it is to control. Yeah. So you've obviously then you've got to keep that in and obviously keep it in play. And it, it's not like, I can't believe there's so much shit for Bryson. It's not like he's going out there and winning every week, like we keep saying. He's shot nine under, yeah, but then then he, he cracked a few OB on, on one Sunday, or on the Saturday, sorry. Yeah, we so did. He's, he's obviously hitting it offline. So, look at these statistics then. So, this week, and remember, Bryson didn't win this week. This week, Bryson's driving accuracy for the week was 64.29%, which had him tied 44th for the tournament. Yeah. Matthew Fitzpatrick's season stats last year for driving accuracy for the whole year was 64.58. So that's a what a 0.3 percentage difference. So Matthew Fitzpatrick's statistics last season were exactly the same as Bryson in this latest tournament that he's slating him. Bryson's stats last year for driving accuracy were 57.37. If you look at that from a from a Bryson's increased his driving actually by 7% whilst hitting it an extra 40 yards. So Fitzpatrick actually drives it straighter than him? Just about, no. Just about, is going on last season, yeah. But going on the statistics from the from the Shriners Open, they were exactly the same as accuracy. So Fitzpatrick's accuracy stats from last season were just under 65%. That's what I'm saying. So, so Bryson's had a bad week. Not hitting, not hitting it in, in the fairways, isn't it? And it's the same accuracy as the skill. 
that Fitzpatrick got like last season. And this so is with yeah. I think the skill out of it surely his accuracy should be well lower. So what you're saying is then you know Fitz, I mean? Fitz's statistics accuracy last season was 65 percent. On this tournament, the Shrine is open. Do you know what his driving accuracy? Do you know what his driving distance percentage was for Bryson this week? No, sorry, two forty odd, three forty odd, three hundred and sixty-three ten. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, that was that. That was his driving average. So not how far he hit his longest one, how far he was in on average. Well, you compare that to Fitty's average last season, which is two hundred and ninety-four. That's seventy yards. And if you look at the percentages, the percentage is exactly the same. So if they both using those statistics, if they both played, then Fitty and Bryson would hit the exact same fairways, but Fitty would be seventy yards behind them each time on an average. And that's where you say there's no. He says there's no skill in this. There's nothing there. Well, there's obviously skill in it because he's not only hitting the ball forty yards further than he was last year. He's getting it in play seven percent more more often. Yeah. And so that is like I don't really when he's saying you're de-skilling the game, I just really don't understand it. And then just he Polter come out and said about the what he's done with like and he's saying you should cap the degree and cap the length. Yeah. Well then fair enough, do that, but then you're still gonna get the stronger, bigger guys, isn't it? Further. That's gonna be more of a disadvantage to the other players than it is an advantage. But that like I don't know, it's the same thing with like with when I was saying with the clubs and the rules, let them do what they want. Yeah. Let them have a one degree drive if they want to have a one degree driver. Do you know what I mean? Like, let them see off with a putter to do whatever you want. Like, just if you get the ball in the hole and the least amount of shots, then fair play to you. But it's not like Bryson's going out there and killing every tournament. Well, that's the point I was just about to make. If he was winning every tournament by five or six shots, then yeah, you'd understand I mean, to say. So Wolf come second in the US Open. Wolf come lost in the playoff. Wolf done yeah. well last week. He, he shot 10 under, three eagles on the back nine. Why isn't he getting battered? You shouldn't be able to swing your hips like that before you start it. You shouldn't be able yeah. to drop it on the inside. Like you shouldn't yeah. be able to swat it like he does. Like I just, I just don't understand why he's getting battered. We speak to, we speak it every time. It's because of the way it's, it's his persona. It's the way he is. You had that issue last year in the August last year where he took two and a half minutes to hold a putt. So he just gets under people's skin. So I don't. I, I sometimes don't even think that the they're really having to go at what he's doing. They're just having to go at him as a person. Yeah, they actually hate Bryson the person rather than the what he's doing to the game. It's just the fact that he's doing it and he's doing it successfully, and it's pretty obvious that he's nearly there with it. When you when you look at his statistics and how they're growing, you'd expect in the time frame that we've had for him to be getting that much more distance gains off the tee. Surely his accuracy is going to go a little bit worse before it gets better, but it's not. That's increased yeah. and got better as well. As you as you're saying last week, it'd be so interesting to see what he does at the Masters because, like, when when Zach Johnson won it, he didn't go for one par five and two. Yeah, all week. So yeah. shows you it's more of a ball striker's course and a bit more of a playmaker. So yeah. be interesting. If you start trying to take on all the mad corners and it'd just be obviously going to be. I can't wait for the Masters. You know, to be honest, what what you've got with the Masters as well when you think there's no rough there, it's just pine needles. So if you're missing fairways. There's, there's, there's places where if you miss and you miss, you're dead, your ball's gone. It's three off the tee job or it's a hazard. But the majority of holes, you can whip your driver and if, if it does go a bit offline, you're going to be in the pine needles, which isn't difficult to hit out of. If you're missing fairways, it's not difficult to get it onto the green. The biggest protection for the Masters is the greens. So it's going to be interesting to see how those greens play out this time of year in the November. 
It's a complete, like a completely different tournament, isn't it? Yeah, completely is. Yeah, and it does play in, and, and they've been vocal about it. The likes of Rory and that to say, and JT to say the Masters is Bryson's to lose. But I don't know whether there's a bit of gamesmanship in that trying to get in his head. No, it's not his to lose at all. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. But you know, we'll if anything, it is to try and not like where can he use the length and where can he? it's going to be like he's obviously already thinking about this but he, he obviously you can't be whipping driving every hole can you so no, no you can't but the thing is he's hitting he's hitting his irons a ridiculous distance as well but it's not just a, like on the Sunday there he hit an iron so the thing was the first or, or the 10th one of them 300 yards it was and he knocked on the green with an iron yeah so this is it, it's not like he's just bombing drives off the tee he's worked that out through his whole bag so even if he's got like 160 yards in, that could be like a nine iron for him, where it could be like a seven iron for Fitzpatrick. So it's not just about. Yeah, but as well, see where he's saying he's put three inches on his driver or whatever to make it longer. Yeah. To give him more distance and unfair advantage. But they don't talk about him taking three inches off his three iron, but it's still going as far. Yeah. Because all his clubs are the same yeah. length, aren't they? Do you know exactly. what I mean? So, should that not be a disadvantage to him then? Exactly, it shouldn't really go and technically go as far because he hasn't got enough length to get enough swing speed to hit your free iron as far, but yeah, he's hitting at 300 yards. This is like, it. It's a load of... Just the Bryson haters, aren't they? There'll be more to come. You know, he's he's not playing this week. Fitz is. be interesting to see what comments come out this week. The, Imagine obviously... Bryson turned up to the Masters with a hoodie on. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good that you've moved on to that point because we need to speak about the man Tittle Hatton. He won by yeah. four shots, an impressive four rounds in his hoodie. You've got to give yeah. it to him. He only made five bogeys all week. Did you his little dance move he started doing? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know he frustrates the life out of me, you know, because he's so he's so hot and cold, isn't he? Like he had shots that don't even look that bad, and then he just goes off his head, doesn't he? Just off his nut. And then other times he'd just be like dead happy. So you just don't know what you're getting with him, do you? Got to you I suppose with characters like Tiddles. You've got to match his character, haven't you? And understand what you're getting with him. It's got to let him. At the end of the day, like I think it was if was it Nicholas or was it one of them or either well, Nicholas or Palmer said like we like, I think it was pa- yeah Nicholas. Fact check. Fact check. <laughs> Come we on, said, like, you haven't yeah. even said it yet, but we'll fact check it anyway. Caddy's <laughs> um he's like I don't want I don't want to know like what club is it? I want that. I want the caddy to just be there, talk to me, and, and pass me the club. Yeah, something along those lines got said yeah. by someone. We'll check that. I'll get that fact up. Man. Someone said it. But no, an impressive week for him. As I say, five bogeys all week. And you consider... That's what quality we spoke, that round what, went with, isn't it? Yeah, what we spoke about, uh, the the front nine, the back nine, how many bogeys were made on the front nine and things like that. It's, it, it is it's unbelievable. Golf, is he was 11th in driving accuracy. He hit 71.43% fairways. And he was first in strokes gained tee to green. So from tee to green... And he had 66.68% of greens all week. And he had an average of 26.25 with his puts per round. So 26.25 puts per round. That's just say, that's that's... different, isn't it? Look, Tommy's in a bigger percentage of greens, but he's holding three puts less around. And it's 12 shots, isn't it? And he didn't exactly, he... yeah. Exactly, man. It's 12 and he shots. Beat, what he beat Tommy by eight shots, was it? Yeah. So Tommy puts uh, averagely better than what he is. He's winning every week. Justin Rose is still up there. But I honestly think it's between Hatton and Fleetwood, who out of them two, who are the best English golfers. We talk about English, not British English golfers. It's got yeah. to be out of them two now, hasn't it? It's got to be. Yeah. 
and you think Tittle Hatton made it to the Tour Championships this year. I think he finished 15th or 16th in the end of the season on Tour. He's obviously come back. He's won the PGA Championships. He's playing really well. You've got to fancy him for the Masters, haven't you? The way he plays. Yeah, yeah it seems as well like he can close them out. Can't he? he wasn't like... You know, like Tommy's victory, like a little coming from behind, not really like an, um, like seeing this tournament out when you're leading 54 holes. Where there's, I don't know, it's yeah, you could easily put him down for the Masters. Can't write him off, can you, really? Well, this he's been around for a long time, hasn't he? On tour, but he, he's he's mentioned about his he got surgery on his hand, was it, or his wrist? Yeah, he's been struggling with an injury. He said this is, last year was the first year he's played pain free, and you're seeing how good of a good of a season he had, and he's kicked on this season with a win already. I think he's a. I think he's a man to watch. What I don't want to be watching though is that hoodie, not oh, golf, man. not golf attire for me. That. Well, it, it just how can how can you or like someone that you played with be getting letters about wearing white ankle socks and him be bouncing around a hoodie? Surely yeah. an ankle sock. I mean, a hoodie is more. Like I've been a... I've been looking at the comments that that people have put because it's obviously a debatable topic, and people have saying we need to take the snobbery out of golf and we need to get golf more modern and cool to attract more people. If you take that hood off that jacket, of that of that hood, that, that top he's got on, that's still a smart top. That's still a, a retro, like cool. You'd wear that. Um, yeah. That's not just a, associated to golf. It's like it's a nice jumper. There's nothing wrong with the jumper. It's just the hood offers you nothing when it comes to golf. It literally offers when it comes to the game of golf. It doesn't. You're not going to put your hood up while you're playing. You're going to wear a cap, aren't you? Or a or a yeah, exactly. Or a beanie. Got a cap, and you've got your umbrella. Yeah, so you're never gonna, you're never gonna, you all it's gonna it's do. Literally just for visual. And Adidas have made that hoodie golf specific, so they've thought about how it's gonna impact the golf swing. But it's like fifty, sixty pound for a hoodie. Now you've got people who will go to your local sports shops and buy a hoodie for fifteen, twenty pounds that are not sports specific, but it's more of an affordable golf attire if they allow hoodies to be worn in golf in general. And then you've got. The hug getting in the way when you're swinging it back because it's big. You've got the tassels that hang down. You talk about slow play and wanting to stop slow playing golf. Say them tassels come out as you're over a putt. They're going to step away from the putt, put the tassels back in, step over it again. These things that need to be considered when you're thinking, should we allow hoodies? And then you've got the look as well. When did it become allowed? Well, I just don't think that it's ever not been allowed. It's just, it doesn't actually say anywhere, I don't think. You can't wear a hoodie for golf. Yeah, but it's more like what's it called? I know golf is a sport, but it's like sportswear. Like you can't, you can play, you can't play in like you know Everton had a footy kit with a collar on. Yeah, you can't go play in that. No, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So no sportswear, yeah. Sportswear, so that's casual sportswear, isn't it? Like, well, this is this is the argument. Yeah, that you, that that is sportswear. Next next time I play anywhere, I'm going to play in a hoodie and just but see it, if anyone says anything. Yeah, but you probably get told. You know what I mean? That you can't wear it. I remember some other phone be all said I turned up to phone be all on a Wednesday night there, and there was two lads playing in hoodies, and I just thought this has turned into a muni. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, this so, is, like, and then, but there's a lot of arguments saying, and people are putting. I can't remember who it was, but someone's putting a tweet saying, "I'm all for the hoodies. Go buy some hoodies, kids, and get playing golf." And I don't know whether they're trying to spin it to say like the new generation of kids who are coming up and playing, they want a hoodie, they want to do this, they want to do that. The, it's not the golf hoodies that stop kids from playing. It's the fact that to buy a set of golf clubs is a thousand pounds. To buy a pair of football boots and a ball is thirty pounds. So, yeah. for some families, golf 
is unattractive because of the affordability element. It's got nothing to do with the fact that I look, so, I don't look, I don't look cool when I'm playing well, golf. Well, we said as well, like, like in this, in one of our earlier podcasts, that like you can take that like expensive tarnishing away from golf and just you can get one iron for a fiver and go to the driving range for three quid and see if you like golf for under a tenner, really. Yeah, you could, but I, mean, I think I think I think the golf for, for five as well, pool or wherever. Kirby. But these these facilities should do more as well. I think there should be clubs set up for people if you want to if you want to attract younger people to play golf and to get into the game who wouldn't normally be able to afford or wouldn't think to play in it. Then have clubs there ready for them to take for free. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then and then obviously just give them discounted balls to play with when they're on the range. Give them special memberships that come with lessons from PGA Tour pros. You know, make it make it affordable. Exactly. You, can, you don't need a hoodie. You don't need a hoodie to attract the, youth I know, of the younger generation. I know. Like, what? Who even said that? <laughs> a fucking sweet off me. Do you know what? <laughs> do you know what was funny about this week though as well? He wore a hoodie and got a hole in one. Just like the hoodie. Oh one. yeah, fucking Jordan Smith. Yeah, Jordan Smith. Yeah. Well, I swear. I thought it was Hatton. <laughs> the hoodies won, didn't he, this weekend? You, you got a hole in, in, in one, and you got to win win the tournament with the hoodie. I even thought when I, when, I, when I seen it, I thought David Howell had a hoodie on as well, but he had like something around his neck, didn't he? Well, that's it. He had a neck warmer, yeah. So yeah. if he's cold, throw your neck warmer on. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But would you even, what do you think of them for golf? See, even now, I don't know. Tiger wears them, don't he? So I have to like them a little bit. <laughs> Fair enough. We'll go with that then. But we'll I, go with that. It's like mitts, like see, like Fitzpatrick slagging Bryson because he was like and all that, and then he was wearing mitts. Oh, just stick your hands in your pockets, man. It's all sunny out. Fitz, he's got some making up. So he needs to get his ball, his ball distance averaging over three hundred yards to even enter the conversation with Bryson. And yeah. then he needs to stop wearing all white rig outs. And then he needs to stop getting involved in things he doesn't need to get involved in. Sort of that, don't I can, but you know what's good about it is I can see a bit of um, a bit of Ryder Cup rivalry for next year. Uh, I think yeah. it's going to be class. Because you've obviously you've got Justin Thomas has come out and tweeted saying that it obviously is a skill. So yeah. he's having a he's having a dig at Fitzy and JT's playing this week and so is Fitzy. So it'd be interesting to see what happens there. And you just you just need somebody like Tommy to come out and back Fitzy. So then you've got two English and two Americans, and then you've got the Ryder Cup coming up next year, and it's it sort of starts that bit of a. I don't think Tommy would do come out and say something like that. You need someone more like like Polter's come out, Danny. Polter, yeah. Oh, yeah. But is Polter going to play in the Ryder Cup next year? No, the postman, isn't he? Yeah. So he gets a guaranteed spot until he retires, I suppose, doesn't he? Yeah. So. Yeah. But, but it was... What, we, we, what Polter said as well, like, just cap everything. That's a good point. Fair point, isn't it? You can, there's a lot of things that you can do. Yeah, you can They can take the depth of... the Because the, 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 the club faces on the drivers now, they're thinner than ever, aren't they? Yeah. Made out of material. So if you make them thicker, it doesn't spring as much. There's a lot that you yeah. could do to the technology of the club. Uh, you could ch- make standard types of shafts that you can only choose out of four or five different shafts, and they've got to get used to one that suits them instead of having thousands. But then that knocks shaft companies out of business. Which ones are you going to choose? And you've got the legal ramifications then of of, of what those suppliers of clubs are going to do. Well, it's one of them. It's just it's not going to get sorted like that, is it? So it's just we're not going to sort it, are we? Me and you. We can no, strike. but we can talk about it. <laughs> we can enter the debate. Yeah. When we discuss things on this podcast, people who are listening, we're getting like 800 listeners a week. 
Like, I want people to be pitching in and saying, like, what you said there was shite, what you said there was good, what I think's this, do you know what I mean? Get involved. Yeah, come at us, yeah. Tell us things, do you know what I mean? Yeah. We'll be, we'll be, we've started running a few polls and questions through this to the Instagram stories, haven't we? So we'll keep them up we'll, yeah. and we'll get some feedback from there. But as we always say, if you if you message us through the social media account, we'll always look at the questions that you that you want us to, us to look at and we'll debate it definitely. Well, any topics that you want us to discuss as well that you you can pitch in on as well, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it was. And it was it take his hoodie away. He's he's absolutely smashed it there, Danny. He's got himself into the top ten now for the first time in the world rankings. So he's world number ten. That's the first time he's ever broken into the top ten of the world rankings. So it's looking good for Tittle. What it's not looking good for is my order of meta position. (laughs) 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 I've had out out of everybody that entered, I was the only person to hit minus points this week. Oh my god! Yeah. So as we know, it's twenty five for the win, fifteen for top three. 10 for top 10, 5 if they make the cut, minus 5 if they miss the cut, and minus 25 for a withdraw or a disqualification. So my picks, I went for Sam Horsfield and Ramos Hoygaard. They both missed the cut. And I went for Justin Rose, who made the cut. So minus 10 for the missed cuts, 5 gives me 5. So, yeah, Justin Rose ended up with a total score of minus 3 and finished 37th. So Bravo. Very disappointing, but not so disappointing for you, Kevin. No, I had a little storm, didn't I? Like, I had what did I have Sullivan, Sullivan third, so 15 points, Fleetwood, and Shane Larry. Larry. Well, they both finished tied 13th, nine under. So, you got 10 points for them and 15 for Sullivan, 25 points. You got 30 point turnaround on me. That was. They were all man. My three picks were all minus ten on that Sunday. I was thinking I was going to have like a one, two, three at one point. <laughs> well, yeah, I texted and I say in your three, you're having an absolute yeah. storm with you. <laughs> How many people had happened? You know, two, two. I know our Liam Adam. Your Liam Adam, and so did Andy Sprowley. Did he? Yeah, yeah, he had him as well. Yeah. So, do you know that the leaders, the top three at the top, they didn't they didn't have an awful performance, but Josh and Joe only got five points. And there was a lot of 25, 30 pointers out there. So I know, it's one of it a lot tighter, isn't it? Like I've updated the table. It's on social media. If you want to have a look at it, it's on our latest post. You can see the points. Now you're on 80 points now, and the leader's on 113. So yeah. you're literally only 33 away. I've gone down to 57 points now. Five less than I was last week. <laughs> <laughs> That's sick. So you've now got a 23-point lead on me now. 63-point lead, man. <laughs> you still have, yeah then 40 you can get out of it yeah but we're back on the PG yeah, you know what? I've got a little something to pitch in about this order of merit and I don't know if it's going to cause more hassle for us than like because I like to cause us hassle don't I well especially well, when I'm doing the work yeah go on <laughs> <laughs> you know there's no advantage of picking a 500 to 1 like when I picked Arjun Atwell there's no advantage of, of, it, of picking him yeah do you know what I mean so I know, I know where you're going with this yeah so you get I'm extra bonus still- points for like, yeah, I don't. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, but this this is this is how we advance the order of minutes. So I was I was thinking about this as well, and for, obviously we're not going to change it now, but for next year you could even get extra points for whoever finishes first for driving accuracy for that week finishes first for. I mean, I was rate. causing extra work. Level <laughs> it. Well, the idea and the dream you is to need get to it. employ someone. <laughs> well, the, the idea and the dream is to get it all on an app. People can log in and. And and they can play all around the world. So like if, 
like fancy a, fan, a fancy golf, yeah. But you've got you can have all the different strokes gained statistics. You get certain points for that, certain points for wins, and like you say, if you've got if you're picking a five hundred to one, you can pick them to either win or make the cut, and you get certain points for certain things. There's a lot you can do with it. It's just. While it's just me and you doing it on an Excel spreadsheet and, <laughs> and getting everyone's votes in, it's we'll just not to, realistic. We'll have to iron that out in the uh, in the coming year. <laughs> yeah, we'll get that. We'll get that because next year is a big one, isn't it? There's plenty of golf to play. Got five five majors next year, six if you'd include the one in November. I can't, I just can't get over the fact that you got minus points, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's sick. I know it's my own fault because obviously you've got all the big boys playing, and I'm just thinking that, that's exactly where my point came from because you're picking Horsfield and Hoygaard and that. I'm like, do you know what I mean? I know realistically that the they were probably 100, 200 to one in the bookies. I know the, the, the reason I picked them is because of how well they've played on the European tour this season, but I've not really taken into account the field that they've played against when they've done well. Yeah, it's a totally different ball game. Exactly, you got the you got like Hatton flew in from America and, and, and Reed, and they've both smashed it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they have. But you know, we, we're back in onto the news. in other news. Did you see Justin Rose play that driver out the ditch? Unbelievable. <laughs> How good was that? How many I only seen the picture, but I didn't actually see any like footage of the shot. Have you seen any? It, it went airborne, did he? Yeah, yeah, he got it. He got, he got it out. Yeah, went airborne. I'm just thinking he's leaning forward, he can't. Put, he can't rest his club on the floor because he's in a hazard. So the actual core strength and balance he's got there to even take a swing at that. I know I was expecting that to be one of those videos that you see for years to come where you take a backswing and he just he just uh, butts the ditch yeah. <laughs> face first and that was going to be him. But no, crack and shot, yeah. yeah. Fair play to him. You went right up in my estimations. I don't really like him. He's good, Justin Rose, yeah. He's getting on a bit now. You can see. You can see. Yeah. We're back on the PGA Tour for our prediction this week at the CJ Cup. That's going to. Hey, look at Hey, look we didn't. Um, when I said yesterday, just for like, I was like, just for the record, I was like, I'll have Bryson DeChambeau, Kevin Na, and Tony Fina, and then fucking Tony Fina withdrew with COVID. Man, I would have got a twenty-five deduction. <laughs> I didn't even realize that. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're having that. Oh yeah. I'm back to two points ahead. <laughs> Brooks Kepka, he's returning for the CJ Cup this week and we'll come on to reviewing the CJ Cup in a moment. But first, let's discuss uh, last week's Shriners Hospital for Children Open. We spoke a bit a bit about it when we've talked about Bryson. But Martin Laird picks up his first victory on the PGA Tour in over seven years in a playoff with Austin Cook and Matt, um, Matthew Wolf. They all finished 23 I'd under I'd it off because I, I was watching it and he, he was three ahead. He was three under going down and he was 23 under. Like going down 12 or something, I thought, oh, this, like, it's over, do you know what I mean? Yeah. That back nine's ridiculous, though, because he even, what, Wolf's three three eagles he made when he shot 10 under par, and he just literally shaved the edge for the fourth eagle. Nobody's ever had four eagles and nine holes on tour before, so that was to break a record. Has anyone ever had four eagles in a round before? I would say so, yeah. Yeah, I would say so, yeah. Um, But he, I don't think on a nine holes, three is the record, so he tied that, Matthew Wolf, but he actually nearly got the fourth eagle on the 16th hole, just shaved the edge. But yeah, shooting 10 under 61, got him right back into the tournament on the Saturday, the same day Bryson went the other way um, no, and played himself played himself out of the tournament. Martin Laird gets the win. He made 
Pan the first playoff hole, and so did Cook and Wolf, and then he made a clutch birdie on the par three seventeenth to win. Um, do you know it was the it was the lowest thirty six cut mark in history? What Absolute birdie fest, yeah. Well, as soon as you seen like, because I seen December shot nine hundred on the first day, but there was an eight hundred, there was two a couple of seven hundreds. Yeah, so the score was out there. Yeah, obviously Bryson's knocking it onto the a couple of the par fours, and but so are some of the other boys as well. Yeah. It did so. This really, it, it was just it was his return, wasn't it? Big Bryson DeChambeau and what he done on that first first eighteen. I thought, he, I thought he was just going to run away with it, man, but obviously not. Well, this is it. And the second second day, just the putter was off, wasn't it? It just showed yeah. you again what a, what a putter can do because the put he missed a lot. He missed a lot, and I mean a lot of puts. It's all about putting. It is, yeah. But one thing, one thing we do obviously we don't want to make the whole show about Bryson. But another thing to mention about Bryson is. For the first time on the PJ Tour, he got his ball speed up to 200 miles an hour, which I've is one of his that, goals. Man, he, yeah. I've seen that. that. That's just unbelievable, isn't it? On tour. Yeah. It's all like That's... smashing it in the range, like DJ and Rory are doing, like hitting it on the track, man. But to actually do it in a tournament. He's done that. He's done He's done that in practice plenty of times. But that's the first time that he's done it on the PJ Tour. Yeah. He's not here next week. But No, to, he's smashing it, but he's not winning, though, is he? So it's... Oh, you know what I mean? It comes to, what are they going to do? Start Martin Laird proof from golf courses now? <laughs> Watch out for that big Papa Fade. He actually gets it a good way, you know. Does he? Yeah, see, yeah. I've seen it. It's like a 30 yard fade, though, don't you? Have you seen it? Yeah, he does, yeah. But he, it's three, he averaged three, 323 yards driving, driving distance. Remember, though, they're in America, like the, the, it's in Vegas, it's about 100 degrees, do you know what I mean? It's like the ball's travelling further, the altitude. They are, they are quite high up as well, yeah. In mountains. You have got to, you have got to remember that it is it is quite high up. Um, three twenty three for Laird is is long anyway. Seventy eight point five seven percent driving accuracy as well. So he's getting it out there, and he was fifth in the driving accuracy statistics as well. So he was getting it out there and getting it getting it on target. When you compare Bryson was three sixty, but his accuracy was sixty five percent. So he was hitting like thirteen fourteen percent more fairways. Every time I hear the word Martin Laird, I just think of Ted. <laughs> I always think of the um, the Scouse slang word, Laird. Laird, what's that, Laird? Are they Laird? Yeah. I need a proper Martin Laird, man. <laughs> but yeah, so Birdie Bogey Bus this week. Got plenty to talk about, haven't we? Yeah. But the Birdie for me, you spoke about him before with his little neck warmer. It's got to go to David Howell. Yeah, for the all-in-one. Rolling back the years, getting a hole in one, but not just that. Instead of taking the car as a prize, he donated the seventy-one plus thousand pounds to the Alzheimer's Association. It's a class act, that isn't it? The bogey for this week, doing what he done, but the bogey in the bus this week, it's got to be the what we spoke about, the Bryson Fitzy situation. Yeah, just that's just a, it. puts a bit of a the fact that they both went backwards after saying it and having the little back and forths. Shows that it's playing on the mind. So just stay in your lane, finish your tournament, and then get to bit get get after it. Do you know what I mean? Do it on the build up. Do you know what I mean? So people are like, if you've got oh, something to say, even, don't even if I was Bryson, don't even acknowledge it. Yeah, it's good though, isn't it? I like it. I just don't like it at the time. No. So it's I think bogey this like Tiger, anyone like that would would ever even acknowledge someone else's comments like that? Well, no, it's happened in the past, hasn't it? And when it's mid tournament. Even when they get asked about it, they just move on to another question. They just don't even entertain it because the mind's set on the fact that the lead in the tournament or they're up there. Because he was 13 under after two days, Bryson, and he's only one shot off the lead. 14 under was winning. 
There's only the fact that he absolutely blew his head off going into the, the third day on the Saturday. And you can think that is potentially because of the conversation he'd had and the getting himself all involved, saying it was a compliment. We all know it's not a compliment. It's obviously pissed them off. It's got it's it's just got to have got in his head, and then it's just a bit of a it's just a bit shit, wasn't it? To be to be to be going going on about. But I was happy when I was first when I seen Fitzpatrick doing shit, and then when I seen Bryson do shit as well, I was like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> so that's the bogey in the bus. The bogey is Bryson for getting involved, and the bus goes for Fitzpatrick. You're leading the tournament, uh, you're going into the weekend, and you're getting involved with the big fella. That I'm wearing all white on a Thursday. There's no coming yeah. back from that. That's a bust for you. In addition to the PJ and European Tour events, there was two other big tournaments going on. You had the the KMPG Women's PJ Championship this Seems week. Seems like they've got a major every week, don't it? The women. That's the third one since lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. They have five in total, don't they? It's different to the men's. Have they always had five? Yeah. That's just yeah. been. The thing. Yeah, they've five, they got five major championships on the LPJ Tour. Yeah. Man, this... well, I suppose when you think about it, we haven't got five major championships, but you've got the Tour Championship, the FedEx, which I suppose is like, if you win that, you're pretty much the champion golfer of the year for the Tour, aren't you? Well, and I... like the players are sort of like a little bit of a major, isn't it? Yeah, you've got the Players' Championship, you've got all the WGC events. WGCs, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was won by Si Young Kim. She's um, one of the top golfers on the LPGA Tour, and she shot a seven under six. And she recorded the lowest ever score in that tournament of fourteen hundred and one by five shots. Did she? Yeah, it was interesting. I didn't. I didn't see any of it, man. I was. I didn't. I didn't watch a thing of the women's. No. Well, the 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 ads loads of coverage of it before the before the Shriners. So the I just added on. Yeah. Um, I was just watching. It was good to be fair. Um, the th- the funny the funny part of the the Kim incident was that she was teeing off at ten to nine in the morning. And she slept in for half an hour, <laughs> so normally it wouldn't normally it wouldn't be too bad if you've got a late tea time. But because of the weather and and the, the time of year, they got them teeing off early. So she slept in for half an hour, and she's teeing off early as it is. So rushed to start, but seems to have helped her by the looks of things. Seven under half an hour is a lot, isn't it? That's like your full putting session or your full rain session. This isn't is it? it, yeah. So I think she's got herself well, a new them, a anyway. new she's got a new routine now, hasn't she? I think. Isn't it? I, I, that's exactly. I wake up. Get straight in the car, straight to the thing, boom, out usually. Yeah, that's why, we, that's why we shoot here. That was <laughs> And not 67s. I know. And then in the PJ Tour champions, they are men. They are bats. The Big Easy was back to win and ways, Ernie Els. It's like, it's, it's like not fair, isn't it? Seeing Ernie Els, Jim Furyk, um, Jimmy Mickelson's playing next week again. It's like... Yeah, Monty. Monty was up there. You've got him and S plays. He goes between tours, doesn't he? That's what I mean. It's like they should it's have up the limit really to sixty, shouldn't he? I enjoy it though, me, because I think if you've got players like Ernie Els, Mickelson, or winning, it just takes you back from when we were in our youth, doesn't it? We yeah. used to see them all in the prime, and if they're still shooting low scores, you could actually watch that. Whereas years ago, you'd never watch the tour champions because you, first they didn't know who they were because we were yeah. too young to know who they were. And the golf wasn't as good. But now with everything that's going, that's one thing that the technology of the clubs is going to help with. As they're getting older and slowing the swing down, they're still going to be able to get it out there and shoot yeah. low scores. wonder if Tiger to go to seniors tour once he... Uh, uh... I know. He's, asked, he's, been, he's been asked that question, hasn't he? Has he, yeah? Yeah, and he's just sort of like joked about it and blew it off. But I think it, it depends how his injuries go because he's struggling to finish his normal career, isn't he? I know. 
know. You know what I mean? Playing the so many tournaments, but he's he's back for the Zozo after the CJ Cup. I'm waiting for that. We'll yeah, um, we'll be we'll be reviewing we'll be reviewing him a lot. I'll go. That next move. Week the week after. It's next week. So this week you've got the yeah. CJ Cup starting Thursday, and the following Thursday you've got the Zozo. The Zozo. Yeah. Nice, yeah. Yeah. Defending champ as well, isn't he? Defending champ. Yeah. So yeah, Ernie Els shot a 66, hold a 40 footer on the last to win the SAS Championship back in the winning circle. And as you mentioned there, Phil Mickelson's decided to play in the Tour Champions event this week rather than the CJ Cup, which when I think about it, you look at the field for the CJ Cup, which we'll talk about now, you want Phil competing with, with, the, with the big boys, especially with the Masters. Yeah, it, what's... With me, just coming up like, what you want to do? Go and get another title in, the, in your bag with, the, with the albums or like, Test yourself against some of the boys that you're going to be playing with in the coming weeks. Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, you, you look at the field now. Well, you look at the field for the CJ Cup this week. Um, you've got the retainer, Brooks Kepp, which we spoke about. This is his first one back since he, his injury. Uh, and then you've got a number of players who played the BMW. You've got defending champion of the BMW, Tyrrell Hatton, Tommy Fleetwood, uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick. Um, and then you've got the top, I think you've got five of the top six players in the world. You've got DJs returning. John Ram, Justin Thomas, Rory McIlroy, Xander Shoffley, Colin Morikawa, um, all playing this week. So it's they, literally got a it's watch. got a ma- major feel feeling about it. I wonder if Kepka's coming back a bit earlier because he's won this event before. He's probably assessed it, hasn't he? And he's going for once that's going to suit his eye. It'll help him with Bryson not playing as well. So there's not all eyes on distance, distance, distance. Because if Kefka actually wasn't injured and he's just been getting massive, even bigger than what he was, he just comes <laughs> he turns out up, yeah. Two fifty ball speed in there. <laughs> It'd be unbelievable, that wasn't it? I see that. I see that post. The world long driving champion. Do you know what his ball speed is and his distance to win it? What? Two twenty five ball speed. Yeah. And four twenty five distance. Yeah, but they've got well, well, well longer drivers then. Yeah, well, yeah, they have, yeah. And they, uh, like, they just go at it, don't they, then? It doesn't matter if it goes offline, yeah. They've literally just got a got a massive... Well, they've got 10 goals to get one online, do you know what I mean? Yeah, so they just give it a wallop, don't they? Yeah. It should be a good tournament at the CJ Cup this week. 7,560 yards. It, it, it's not that... The course isn't that old. It opened in, 18, in 1989. Cost $60 million, that. Yeah, that's, that's, you know what that's for, mainly, the irrigation. That's in, yeah. the, that's in the desert. Is it? Yeah. And do you know how much it is to play around there? 50 quid. $500. Shut up. Yeah. Nothing's cheap in Vegas though, is it? Let's be honest. <laughs> we, we, we managed to find somewhere that looks exactly like Shadow Creek and we were playing for about $40 a head. <laughs> Was she, yeah. We're clubs and a buggy. <laughs> it's where they had the, um, the match in it, Tiger and Phil. Yeah. Yeah. Same spot. Same spot, yeah. Interesting. Well, they, they, got, they, they, they revamped the course in 2008. They, they, Did they? They had all the changes. So the, the course record around there is actually 66. That's not low, is it? That's what I mean. It's Dustin Johnson. It used to be um, it used to be 60, shared by Tiger and Couples. But then they, since 2008, they've redone it. But like, 66 is not really that low, is it, to be fair? Well, 7560 is a lot of yards, isn't it? But then, yeah. as you say, it's Vegas, so the ball's going to be going far, farther anyway. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if um, if one, what I've just said, is actually right, and for two, <laughs> anyone can break the course records. Let's fact check that sixty-six course record. Then 
but it should be it should be should be a good four days of golf. And as I say, we've got Tiger Woods returning the following week in the Zozo. Yeah, it, well, it's, like just it's just the the American golf is on just a touch late in it. For us, yeah. In Vegas, like the time difference is a little bit like the coverage starts at half ten. Yeah, and yeah. You know, well into like I, I fell asleep and it turned on at like two, two in the morning, it was still going. Like Yeah. You're not gonna stay up and watch it all, but we get the highlights the next day. Yeah. Definitely. With the weekend you can do it. Couple of couple of glasses of wine, you know, feet up. Are we going for the um for this tour with the Order Men or are we going with the Scottish? Open up at the Scottish Championship or whatever. No, the Scottish Championship, load of shite. There'll be hardly anyone playing in that. We'll go this go with the CJ Cup this week, yeah. Yeah. Have you got your picks? I've got my picks, yeah. Let's have them. Well, obviously, you've got to go for Big Brooksy again because I love him again. <laughs> <laughs> Here he is. Won't, I know it wouldn't take you long. Oh, um, Wolf. Yeah. Big Matty Wolf and Shoffley. Yep. Xander or Scotty? Well, Xander or Scotty? Well, because they're brothers, I'm just going to keep <laughs> Shoffley and see which one does well. <laughs> Xander Shoffley, yeah. Xander, yeah, yeah. Good picks. I'm going to go for Rory McIlroy, Dustin Johnson, and John Rahm. No other reason than I've had an absolutely shocking couple of weeks and I need wins. So are I'm they number one, two, and three in the world, are they? <laughs> I think JT's two, two or three, isn't he? Oh, is he? Yeah. Well, yeah, the top, the top, top five. five in the world, yeah. Well, that's, I'm, I need the best wins. thing about this is, do you know what's going to happen, don't you? They're going to have stinkers, man. I know. Well, I hope Brooks withdraws. <laughs> that's a risky business, yeah. Pulls his, pulls his hip in in the warm-up and withdraws. No, that's it, say. It's one of them. It's another good big field. It is. It's just going to be good. You, you look at all the players we've just mentioned in there. To the Latin Tommy Fleetwood players that we haven't picked, Justin Thomas, Colin Marikawa, Hideki Matsuyama. I'm not ever picking Hideki Matsuyama again. I've said that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, another interesting week of golf. Another interesting discussion. I'm sure there'll be more on the hoodies and ball distance as we continue. You know because he's obviously won and he's worn a hoodie. He's just. Obviously, going to keep wearing a hoodie again. I need to get more media attention, more people talking about him. But this is this is what this is what I'm thinking. He's he's not going to be wearing a hoodie this week. Don't you think? Because he oh, it's fucking in Vegas. Are you joking? Not, <laughs> he might wear a t-shirt with a hood on it. <laughs> but this is the 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 majority of the time they don't even play in the weather that would would suit a hoodie. No, you play on the PJ tour. The majority of them are, are, are roasting hot right the way through. Even when you play on the because he is a PJ tour, like mainly on the PJ tour, he's just thought it's it, it was a cold for him, so he's wore a hoodie. But let's try I'm it not, out. I'm not giving him that actually. What am I talking about? Fuck no, fuck the hoodies, mate. <laughs> but we'll be back again next week to talk more golf. So yeah, any any comments, any. Whatever, subscribe, like if you like what we're doing. If you don't like what we're doing, let us know. Yeah. And until next time, we'll catch you soon. Ciao.